0: We have an active shooter. We have an active shooter inside the warehouse. Welcome to Active Shooter, a podcast that covers the whys, the hows, and the aftermath of active shooter and mass casualty events.
1: Call says they uh, are being attacked. I've been shot. One six nine ten means we got shots fired. Four fifteen at, at the Route ninety one sounded like an automatic firearm.
2: Active shooter reports of an active
1: shooter. Active shooter. Active shooter. Mass casualty incidents.
0: Thank you for listening.
1: You are
2: listening to Active Shooter, a podcast that may contain adult themes, explicit language, and graphic depictions of violence. Portions of this show may be traumatic for those under 18. Listener discretion is advised. New details emerging about a popular teen who opened fire in his high school cafeteria today. As the sound of gunshots rang out, his peers fled in terror. He killed one student, and injured four others before turning the gun on himself. So what made a homecoming prince into a cold-blooded killer?
0: In our prior episodes, we have discussed the different warning signs that one may have before opening fire in a school, business, restaurant, or any other public place. They may have had a troubling childhood, a mental illness, or more than one mental illness. They may have an obsession with guns, or have been bullied. Much like the shooter we covered in the Uber driver episode, the shooter we are covering today was a very well-liked teenager, who had a lot of friends and seemed to get along with everyone. The only warning that came was a text message sent by the shooter to about 14 family members, just two minutes before he started shooting. By then, it was too late. Active Shooter, the podcast, is a High Five Holly production, and I'm your host, JT. If you've listened to our prior episodes, you know that the Active Shooter podcast team has taken the No Notoriety Pledge, and we will not be sharing the real name of the shooters that we cover. We will be giving the shooters a pseudonym and refer to them by that name throughout the episode. This will help in clearing up any confusion in the story while remaining true to our pledge in not naming the shooter by their actual name. In today's episode, we will be referring to the shooter as Jeremy. On October 24th, 2014, at Marysville Pilchuck High School, The students were enjoying a half-day of school with shortened classes, including a shortened lunch period. Fifteen-year-old Jeremy texted some of his friends, asking them to meet him for lunch in the cafeteria. There were two lunch periods, and those that weren't in Jeremy's lunch period, he asked them to skip class and come to the same lunch period he was in. Just before the group was to meet for lunch, Jeremy sent a text message to his family members titled, My Funeral Shit. The text message was very confusing, as Jeremy was describing odd subjects, such as what he wanted to wear in his casket, all camouflage, which of his friends and family would get his property, and asked his family to apologize to the victim's families. He also told his family that he didn't want them to cancel their family trip they had planned for the upcoming December. Two minutes later, dressed in black Nike sweatpants, black tennis shoes, black socks, and a black zip-up hood sweatshirt, and a single earbud in his ear, Jeremy was sitting at a table with all his friends, seven students in total. At 10.39 a.m., he pulled a 40 caliber Beretta PX-4 Storm handgun from his bag, stood up, leaned against the wall, and calmly opened fire. He started shooting slowly, one bullet at a time, from left to right around the table. Witnesses said he had a blank stare on his face, not saying anything or showing any sort of emotion. After firing six shots, Jeremy stopped to reload his firearm.
1: Yeah, I was, I was right there. I was, it was just a big group of kids. The whole table was filled up. A big round table right next to the door from the cafeteria, and I was sitting at the table right next to the round table. And I was just eating my food. I just got done eating my food. And he was quiet. He was just sitting there. Everyone was talking. All of a sudden, I see him stand up, pull something out of his pocket. And at first, I thought it was just someone making a really loud noise with, like, a bag, like a big loud pop, until I heard four more after that. And I I saw three kids just fall from the table, like like they were falling to the ground dead. I jumped under the table as fast as I could, and when it stopped, I looked back up, and I saw he was trying to reload his gun.
0: As he did this, social studies teacher Megan Silberger attempted to intervene. Jeremy was able to get one more shot off, however, by putting the gun under his chin and pulling the trigger.
2: Marysville Pilchuck High School cafeteria. We have the shooter. We have many injured. Marysville Pilchuck High School. We need emergency room right away. Cafeteria, large cafeteria. My name is Megan Silverberger. I am a teacher. Okay. Megan Silverberger. Can you fill your? We already had the fire department and the police department en route. Okay. Have I am How in, many in the cafeteria. Subjects? I have the shooter. One shooter. Blood is everywhere. I did not see the gun. You I have this gun. I the the shooter. I'm looking at him. No what... I need help. What I need you help need now. He's right here. He has the brain all black. I'm staring at him right now, sitting next Can to him. I description need stabbed now. Shooter right here. American. Black pants, black shoes, black pants, black shoes, black jacket. He is laying on other shoes. I need a white help. male, black I, male, Hispanic I, male, Hispanic male. Uh, Hispanic, male. Uh, Hispanic I, male. Hispanic male. He, he is a uh, high school kid. I do not know how old he is. You know I tried to stop him before he shot himself. I do not know his name. Okay, you said he is shot I himself? Do, he shot himself many are down. I'm not how many. I do not know how many are down. Okay, we need a okay. staff. We have already advised the police department and the fire no. department. Okay. What is want floor? Okay, are yes. you with the fire department or the police department? I don't have. I have one. I have one police officer with me. Uh, police officer Sutherland. Okay, speak with the officer. Okay. Police officer Sutherland. Okay. okay speak with the officer.
0: Okay, thank you. She's the real hero. She tries to intercept the weapon from, that he has, and she like, grabs his arm, like, in a hand on hand. It happens like, in a second.
1: I think her, her actions were amazing. Wonderful, I'm glad she was there. So uh, the, the straight answer is yes. I think she's probably saved some lives.
0: Jeremy had shot five students in total. Nate Hatch, Zoe Rain-Galasso, Shaylee Chikolnaskid, Gia Christine Soriano, and Andrew Freiberg, Of the five students who were struck, the only victim that would survive the attack was Nate Hatch. Zoe, Shaylee, Gia, and Andrew were all killed. Zoe was the only student that was killed immediately due to a single gunshot wound to her forehead, right above the right eye. She died with her backpack still on her back. On October 26, 2014, two days after the shooting, Gia would be taken off life support and peacefully pass away from a gunshot wound to the head. On October 31, 2014, one week after the shooting, Shaylee would succumb to her injury and pass away from a gunshot wound to the head. Two weeks after the shooting on November 7, 2014, under the guidance of his doctors, Andrew Freiberg was taken off life support. Shockingly, Andrew was the shooter's cousin, and the only victim shot twice. There were two 14-year-old females also sitting at the table. For reasons unknown, these were the only students at the table who weren't injured. During and after the shooting, the students did exactly what they were taught to do. They fled.
1: Of Teachers who quickly moved students to safety and the students who helped one another, to move in an orderly way despite panic and certainly what was going on inside of them by sheer fear. Had it not been for the quick, composed actions, we may have had an even sadder story to report on today.
0: There were about 150 students in the cafeteria when Jeremy started shooting. Some students fled outside, hopped over a fence, and sought cover in a house near the school.
1: I wanted Mercy.
2: Hi, um I live right behind Pilchuk High School and there's just been a shooting there.
1: Yeah, they're on the way. They didn't
2: they just ran out when the shooting occurred and some of them saw the shooter. Where they is, saw where, it happen. Do
0: and they, they know where he house. went?
2: Do any of you know where the shooter went? No. Do
0: they
1: don't no, they name? have
2: no idea. They know his name.
1: What's
0: his name?
2: First name is his
0: Other students fled to nearby classrooms, the gymnasium, and hidden closets. Over 40 911 calls were placed by terrified teachers, students, and other staff. Just one minute after the initial 911 call, the school resource officer arrived at the cafeteria, and many police cruisers and ambulances followed. When the police entered the school, they noticed that one of the victims lying in a pool of blood was handcuffed. It was later discovered that one of the first responders had handcuffed the shooter after witnesses identified him, just in case he came out of unconsciousness. But it was quickly discovered that the shooter was, indeed, dead. The victims were immediately transported to Providence Hospital in the city of Everett to receive treatment. It took the police two hours to evacuate the entire school. They went room to room, looking for hiding and terrified students and teachers, telling them it was safe to come out. One abandoned closet in the art room held 18 students trembling with fear.
1: You know, at first, I didn't even think they were gunshots. Uh, I've heard noises louder than uh, than those shots. I was uh, coming out of the bathroom on my way to my fifth period class. I heard a couple of loud bangs followed by a couple of other bangs. Uh, I heard a couple screams, but, you know, uh, I just thought it was normal uh, high, school, uh, high school life. And uh, I uh, was on my way to my fifth period without even looking back. You know, I, I saw... A couple people running, but, uh, you know, that's just high school. Kids are running around uh, uh, doing their own thing. And uh, I made it to my fifth period class. I uh, was in the classroom, and uh, right as I sat down, the uh, fire alarm went off. And, uh, so you had half of the high school going out to, uh, to the stadium for this fire alarm that everyone thinks it's a fire. And then you had the other half running back to their classroom knowing that it is a lockdown. So, uh, while we're out at the field, uh, thinking that it's a fire alarm, we did have teachers come out and, uh, uh, tell us, to, to go back into the classroom, uh, telling us, to tell, everyone, uh, tell us to tell everyone else, um, that we need to go back into the classroom, uh, stay safe, uh, stay away from the windows. And, uh, we are in lockdown. Four shots went off, and I, th- we thought, I thought it was firecrackers, and then everyone started ducking under the tables, and then three more went off, and everyone started
2: screaming, Run! It's a gun!
0: The only surviving victim, Nate Hatch, was shot in the jaw, obliterating it into many pieces. He was taken to Harborview Medical Center for treatment, where he was listed in serious condition and put into the intensive care unit. On October 27th, three days after the shooting, Nate was taken out of the ICU. On November 6, 2014, Nate was able to go home. He has had to undergo many facial reconstruction surgeries. Before he was injured, Nate enjoyed playing football, baseball, and was also a wrestler. It is unclear if he was ever able to enjoy sports or live a normal life again. Zoe Rain Galassa was born on February 22, 2000 making her 14 years old when she lost her life. Zoe was the only victim to die at the scene. She was the daughter of Michael and Michelle Galasso and had one brother named Raiden Zane. She absolutely loved her family and friends, as well as animals. Zoe enjoyed going on road trips and to different live music concerts. She played just about every sport available, but her real passion was soccer. Zoe's family and friends held a funeral for her but didn't refer to it as a funeral. It was a time to get together, tell stories, and celebrate Zoe's life. Hundreds of people attended her celebration of life. Everyone agreed that Zoe was vibrant, beautiful, and always laughing. Her family and friends had raised nearly $30,000 through a GoFundMe fundraiser.
2: On her made you want to just be happy. She had a laugh that was contagious. She was beautiful inside and out. She was the most giving, the most wonderful, just the most wonderful person.
0: Shaylee Adele Chakonskit was also 14 years old and was born on March 26, 2000. Her family called Shaylee by her nickname, Shay Shay. Shaylee was very outgoing, confident, silly, and fearless. She excelled in sports, especially volleyball and basketball. She played for the AAU Marsville Select Basketball Team and enjoyed the memories and friends she made with her teammates. Shaylee was also very close to her family, as well as her friends, but in her eyes, family always came first. She was the daughter of Kurt Chikalniskit and Lavina Phillips. Her sister, who was also her best friend, was Shania, and her brothers were Curtis, Keenan, and Caleb. Shaylee had a crazy sense of humor with a beautiful smile. Her family will always hold Shaylee's smile close, as she was known for leaving selfies on the phones of her friends and family. Gia Christine Soriano was born just a few days after Shaylee on March 31, 2000, making her also 14 years old. She was very gentle and loving. Gia had a huge passion for animals and wanted to be a veterinarian someday. She was friendly to everyone, but also soft-spoken. Her parents are Susan and Brian Soriano, and she had a little brother named Anthony who was 10 years old at the time. After Gia's murder, a bench was installed in her honor at Legion Memorial Park in Everest, Washington. The park overlooks Port Gardner Bay and is located just 100 feet from her grandparents' home. This creates a place of serenity Gia's friends and family go to in order to reminisce about all the great memories and times they've had. Andrew Freiberg was the only victim that was 15 years old. He was born on August 10, 1999. As mentioned earlier in the episode, Andrew was also Jeremy's cousin and was the only victim that was shot twice. Andrew fought for his life for two weeks after the shooting. He was the first boy born into a family that was full of girls. Andrew was known for always smiling and being very outgoing. While he seemed to be everybody's friend, he was also known for being very protective of his family. Andrew was a natural athlete. Sports just came easily to him. While in high school, he played football and wrestled. He enjoyed riding four-wheelers, hanging out with friends, and spending time on the water. Coming from such a large family, Andrew always looked forward to a large family dinner. His mom was Laheen Freiberg, and his father, Leroy Freiberg, had passed away prior to the death of Andrew. His sisters were Tawny, Kia, Tasha, Josephine, Lila, and Brandy. He had one little brother named Cameron. Andrew was an uncle, brother, and a son, and his entire family misses him tremendously. Marysville, Washington is located in Snohomish County the same county that was mentioned in the Cascade Mall shooting. Marysville is located about 35 miles north of Seattle and is the second largest city in Snohomish County, just behind Everett, Washington. Marysville's population is just over 60,000 and was named the fastest-growing city in Washington State. Marysville was originally established in 1872 as a trading post and wasn't actually populated until 1883. In the 1920s, Marysville was known as the Strawberry City, due to the large amount of strawberry fields located there. A 5,300-foot-high peak is located in Marysville, and is known as Mount Pilchuck. The large peak can be seen throughout the entire city. The total area of Marysville is 21.06 square miles, and the largest employer is the Marysville School District. The Marysville-Pilchuck High School was home of the Tomahawks and is a part of the Marysville School District. The school website indicates that there are three clearly defined expectations of being respectful, being responsible, and being engaged. If you go to the Marysville pilchuck High School website, you can actually report bullying right to the school officials. Jeremy was born on July 31, 1999, and was 15 years old on the day he died. He was part of the Tulalip tribe and was very proud of his heritage. Jeremy was a wrestler and played football on the freshman football team. One week prior to the shooting, Jeremy was crowned the freshman class's homecoming prince. He was very outgoing and was everyone's friend.
1: Yeah, he was, uh, he was well-liked by the community. I mean, he, uh, he's a, he was a respected kid. He was homecoming prince. Uh, I have talked to him a couple times. Uh, I even talked to him today before school, uh, uh, knowing about a couple of problems that had occurred in the past. Um, I, I just talked to him. Uh, said uh, if there's anything you need, uh, I'll be here for you. Uh, come talk to me immediately. You know, he, uh, he did a little handshake. He smiled, and I said, "Have a good rest of your day." I went to my first period, uh, and uh, you know, I didn't see any any problems that were occurring. Didn't look like he was uh, um, didn't look like I uh, didn't look like he was uh, had any uh, acts towards of anger towards any student. So you know, it was just it was really shocking.
0: So far, this doesn't sound like someone who would have opened fire and killed some of his best friends. And unfortunately, the picture won't get that much more clear. Everyone seemed to like Jeremy. Those closest to him said that sometimes he would seem a little depressed, but he would snap out of it quickly and go back to his happy-go-lucky self. Even those that saw him in the morning before the shooting said Jeremy was in a good mood. Jeremy's family was very prominent on the Tulalip Indian Reservation and many of his family members were leaders of the tribe. If one were to look at Jeremy's Facebook page, you would see that he was like any other 15-year-old boy. He enjoyed football, wrestling, and hunting. He especially enjoyed going hunting with his dad, and his social media was full of photos of the different hunts he had been on. Though Jeremy loved to hunt, he didn't seem obsessed with guns like some of the other shooters we have covered. Jeremy's life did take a couple of bad turns not long before the shooting he had gotten into a fight with another student on the football team. While at football practice, Jeremy's teammates started using racial slurs and teasing Jeremy and his heritage. Jeremy didn't take kindly to this and grabbed the teammates' shoulder pads and punched him in the face, breaking his nose. Jeremy was suspended from school and the football team for a short time, but others seemed to think that he had learned his lesson. While Jeremy was dealing with his suspension, his girlfriend, Shailene George, had broken up with him just days prior to the shooting. Shailene would later say that she was forced to end the relationship with Jeremy, because he had become violent with her. Shailene didn't elaborate on the violence that Jeremy had done towards her, but Jeremy didn't take the breakup very well at all. Shailene went to a different school than Jeremy, and he was constantly calling and texting her. He would leave messages saying he was sorry and was acting very apologetic, while other times his anger would come through, and he would leave very angry messages. He was upset and confused as to why the relationship ended. Sometimes, when Shailene would respond to his messages and phone calls, Jeremy would make threats that he was going to kill himself, then laugh to say he was just kidding. Shailene didn't take the threats too seriously, until the morning of the shooting, when Jeremy sent her a photo of a handgun. Shailene immediately texted Jeremy's dad, and reported what Jeremy had sent to her. She still cared about him, and wanted to make sure he didn't do anything stupid. Unfortunately, it was too late. By the time Shailene had received the text message and contacted Jeremy's father, the shooting had already occurred. As mentioned earlier, Jeremy was very proud of his Tulalip tribe heritage. He had posted photos on his social media of him dressed in tribal dress. In addition to the photos, Jeremy posted videos of himself singing canoe and powwow songs. After combing through Jeremy's social media pages, investigators noticed that his Twitter feed had changed dramatically. Right around the time he had gotten into a fight with his football teammate, and when Shilene ended their relationship, his tweets got to be much darker and depressive, and he began using a lot more profanity than he usually would have used. Jeremy's final tweet read, It won't last. It'll never last.
1: I honestly think that, like, if he wanted to do something to himself, he didn't want to go by himself. He wanted all his friends to go down with him.
0: Not only was Jeremy's family mourning the loss of their son, they also had their own legal troubles to deal with. Right after the shooting, his family received endless threats. The threats got to be so bad, they ended up leaving their home and staying with a friend. On March 31st, 2015, Jeremy's father was arrested for purchasing five guns including the murder weapon, illegally. Jeremy was able to retrieve the murder weapon from his father's pickup truck. The gun was kept in the console of the vehicle. The guns were bought from a Cabela's store between January 2013 and July 2014. In order to be able to purchase the firearms, his father lied on a background check. In 2002, his father's girlfriend at the time filed a permanent protection order, banning him from having any contact with her as well as banning him from the privilege of owning firearms. He even had violated the personal protection order in September 2012. Jeremy's father was found guilty of knowingly owning firearms that he legally could not possess, and on January 11, 2016, he was sentenced to two years in prison. Classes at Marysville Pilchuck High School were canceled the following week, as well as a high school football game. The game was supposed to be played for the district title, in the football playoffs. The school willingly forfeited the game and respectfully accepted second place. The teams in the area all wore the MPHS school colors of red and white throughout the playoffs. On November 3, 2014, the school reopened. At the reopening, the school had 15 counselors there to help anyone who may have needed to talk. On October 30th, 2014, a memorial service was held at the Don Hatch Youth Center on the Tulalip Reservation. The service was for both the shooter as well as the victims, and about 1,000 people attended. The ceremony lasted more than five hours, and the mourners wore armbands in memory of the victims and the shooter. The shooter was in a simple pine box, draped with a tribal blanket and adorned with antlers. The school's football team was invited to meet the Seattle Seahawks, and was even invited to their practice facility.
1: It was really nice for our kids to come down here, and I really want to thank the Seahawks for inviting us down here. Um, it was really special for our kids to just be around you know, Pete Carroll and some of the other guys.
0: A lot of the victims' families were outraged as they felt the shooter was remembered and mourned just as much as their victims. The Tulalip Tribe released a statement stating they were supporting Jeremy's family, and that it didn't mean they condoned the shooter's actions by any means. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Active Shooter, the podcast. Remember, if you see something, say something. There's no telling how many lives you may be saving.
2: Active Shooter. Reports of an Active Shooter. Active Shooter.
1: Active Shooter of mass casualty incidents.
0: Make sure to check us out on social media. We have a discussion group on Facebook. Just search for Active Shooter, the podcast discussion group. You can also find us on Instagram at ActiveThePodcast and Twitter at PodcastActive. For just $1 a month, you can get access to ad-free episodes, early release episodes when available, and a shout-out on the show. Just go to patreon.com forward slash ActiveThePodcast. Thank you, and be safe.